Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. Hey, Stugas, is it a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby? God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stugas, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Mikey A, we are churning out a second episode this week. How about that? And we're doing it with our buddy Mark Schlereth. Stink. Yes. Yes. Very excited. Finney's very excited. You hear about that? Finney. What happened? You, you were excited last week about three episodes, and now you're patting yourself on the back for two. Yes. Uh, listen, Finney. It's going downhill, Stu. Finney, it's going downhill, Stu. Finney, my dog, is concerned I'm working too hard, so he is uh, he's begging me uh, to just get it down to two. <laughs> get it down to two. Two a week, because, you know, it's interfering with my walk time, my play time with Finney. Um, I'm excited. We had Kenny G on earlier this week, and we're going to have uh, Stink, Mark Slarathon, uh, today, and so I'm very excited about that, catching up with an old buddy. He is a master troll, man. He really is. Like, Mike, you and I are Jet fans. We are tortured Jet fans. I always say the Jet fan base is a tortured fan base. That's because we are. That's because I've been alive for 47 years, and I've yet to see my team play in a Super Bowl. Um, I've yet to see my team really accomplish anything. Uh, but Mark Schlereth, who went on Pat McAfee's show, and I'm mad at McAfee because he still hasn't responded to me about coming on this podcast, by the way. Remind me, Mike, okay, to bring that up later, okay? Because I am going to torch <laughs> Pat McAfee, okay? Um, but uh, he went on McAfee's show, said something about the Jets. We didn't really say the Jets by name. Jet fans, because we're sensitive, got very sensitive. They attacked him on Twitter, and Schlereth came back with one of the best social media trolls of all times with three Super Bowl rings on. The middle one, the one on his middle finger, being the one where the Broncos beat the Jets, who were up 10 nothing at half, 1997 AFC Championship game. He stuck that finger up to show Jet fans that after they beat the Jets, they went on to win a Super Bowl. I mean, how about that? I still remember Victor Green falling down trying to cover Ed McCaffrey in that uh, AFC Championship yes. game. The, the best part about that troll Two things. One, you saw the joke coming from the start. The yes. joke was coming right from the beginning. You knew he was going to hold up the middle finger. When well, about Mike, you're giving Jeff fans way too much credit. Like they know what a joke is coming. I mean, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> he was joking. The second thing was it was. <laughs> 
Stupidity. It was so good. It was such a good troll job that every former player and probably current player commended him on Twitter. Not for not for the story, not but just because it was the best troll job they wish they thought of them, themselves. To come back at all the people that say, you hate our team, you're, you're the worst. And he just, every single former player you know was like, Thank you. Thank yeah, you, because that was a great job. Well, he did it, and he did it well. It was funny. It was clever. Um, and again, he has three rings. <laughs> what are you going to say to the guy, right? Like he's got. Now, listen. You could say that out. You could say that Elway won him a couple, but I'm not going to say that to him when he comes into the Zoom chat. <laughs> I dare you to, though. I dare you to say it. <laughs> I'll bet you he'll tell you he won it for Elway. Right. Oh, there's no doubt. Do you think that's a great question? I feel like I wanted to ask Billy to put up a poll question, but I realized we weren't doing our job. Um, do you think? I'll ask him. Do you think Mark Slayer? Do you does, does Stink think Elway won him a couple of Super Bowls, or he won Elway a couple of Super? Bowls? Mike, we have to ask him that. We I have to ask him that. <laughs> right when he gets on here, by the way. <laughs> Because I'm with you. I think he thinks that he won Elway two Super Bowls. That had he been there, okay, when Elway made three consecutive Super Bowls, he would have won those three as well. Sure. <laughs> they won it with the run game. Where does the run game start? Up front. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think Slyrith was winning Super Bowls uh, with Washington, right? <laughs> so he's going to say, listen, Elway didn't win before I got there. Then I got there, and, and he won two Super Bowls. I think you're, you're welcome, right. Elway. I think you're right. Um, what do you think, by the way, before Stink joins us here? Um, did you hear the comments from um, from Chris Sims, our boy? He's going to join us before the draft. Mike, he examines quarterbacks for a living. He's really, really good at this. He said, Zach Wilson, whom you do not like, Mikey A, okay? I happen to like. Um, he said he thought Zach Wilson was the best quarterback in this draft, better than Trevor Lawrence. How about that? I mean, listen, it, it gives me a glimmer of hope, but that just means the fall is going to be that much further when we take him and he's terrible. <laughs> like Chris Sims is going to be like, in, in, at the end of his career, he's going to be like, I was right about 99 out of 100 quarterbacks that I said was going to be the best. Right. And the one he got wrong right. was going to be Zach Wilson. He'll learn his lesson. <laughs> Zach Wilson might very well be the best quarterback in this draft if any other team other than the Jets drafted him. Let's bring out our buddy's thing. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than Premium regular beer. Now oh, that, that, that was the that, that was the, you the didn't problem. have the Googleator on. I was on Google Meets 
Now, listen, Mark, let's get right down to it. The problem is we're fucking old. That's the problem. Okay? That, that part, that part is 100% correct. I have, I have no clue what I'm doing. Your On granddaughter any, is holding the camera, small, isn't she? What's that? Your granddaughter is holding the camera like. Dude, I'm just on my I'm just on my freaking phone. I mean, I got like I've got this new Twitch channel that Trey and I are starting and I don't know how to, I don't know anything. <laughs> we had this we had this launch meeting the other day and right. they're throwing acronyms and shit at me and I have no clue what they're talking about. Um, no, I don't know. Just tell me right. when to start talking, right? Stay like right. that's it, right? I go, if you can just set me up with a computer that has an on and off switch, I'll be good. And I want it wired like I do at the light switch at the house, like on, off, right. on, and then we're I'm right. good to Better go. yet, if it could not have an off switch, that no, would help. What he wants, and he's old school, and that's his, this is why I love him, he wants a switch. It needs to be an actual switch. He doesn't want to push a button. He doesn't want to turn something on and off. He wants a switch. So you feel like you're turning something on and off, right? A hundred, a hundred percent. Hold on. You know what? Speaking of which, let me put my phone on airplane mode because you knew that was going to happen, right? <laughs> what is airplane mode and why? Yeah. Airplane mode because somebody's calling me and you guys go off screen and now I'm, I'm. Stick, I'm surprised you do it. And thank you for doing this. And it's great yeah. seeing you. I'm surprised you're doing it right after you do mornings. And I'm surprised you're doing it right after the show because I, I'm telling you, there are shows I have driven home in silence. I spoke about this with Greg Giannotti, who does mornings up at WFAN in New York. I, there are moments, there are times after the show, I drive home in complete silence and I can't even fathom having a conversation with anyone after I've done three or four hours of radio. How the hell are you doing this thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, my big thing in, in local radio here, Stu, is like I, I'm always I'm always really like, listen, 99 percent of the people that are driving to work are driving to a job they hate and are miserable. So my like I'm not looking to, to you know, be earth shattering or break any news or any of that. I just want to have fun. I do TV. I do radio to entertain myself. If you don't like it, pound sand. I don't give a shit. I just do it to entertain myself. Right. And as long as I think I'm funny and I'm having a good time, then that's all I really care about. So, um, you know, and, and we don't. It's not like we're in depth. I mean, we're in depth. We're we're at Denver Station. Denver's a really interesting market because you know the Nuggets are really good right now and the Avalanche are really good right now and nobody in Denver honestly cares. It's not a college football town. Right. It's not a Nuggets town. It's not an Avalanche town. And frankly, it's not a Rockies town, although they're the second most popular team. It's a Broncos town. So for me, I come on and talk about Broncos even when the Nuggets are making a playoff push and look like one of the best teams in the West. Nobody gives a rip. It's all about the Broncos. So it, it literally is like I come in and steal for three hours every morning and I walk out. And um, so it, there's not a lot of uh, not that I have a lot of brain power. Anyhow, I'm a general studies major from the University of Idaho. So uh, the, the, let me just preface this whole conversation by saying no specific questions, Stu Gods. Just general <laughs> questions. I can answer a general question. Anything specific I'm going to struggle with. That's not my educational background. My education is an inch deep and a mile wide, right? right. I, I just the surface. I just have a surface understanding of how things work. Okay, it's one more inch than my education, by the way. <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> that's, a good <laughs> that's a good. All right, so keep it light, okay? So here's the problem with me. I co-host with Levitard. He's always making me think and talking about crazy topics. <laughs> 
I'd rather do what you're doing for a living. Say, I'm coming out there. I'm doing mornings with you. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that, see, that, that, that worked. You, you'd fit right into our show. <laughs> oh, God, the great Mark Slayrith. Are you sitting in the famed chair now that you use on social media in the famed room where you troll Jet fans? It was a master class in trolling a fan base. Congratulations to you, Mark. Uh, you know, I I, appre- I appreciate that. You know, I, and I understand, Je- I mean, Mike, your producer, my dear friend, has been a Jets fan forever. Now, most Jets fans understand that everything that I've said is 100% accurate, and it wasn't even a troll job. It's the delusion, the delusional fans. Like, like I, I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating. It's like... And not to get political, but it's like the whole COVID thing, right? Where people say it's a conspiracy and this is garbage. And, and you know, I don't trust the vaccines. Let me tell you why you should trust vaccines. Because Pfizer and Moderna are capitalists. All they're worried about is making money, right? They are not making something because it doesn't work or it's fake. They are making money. They are capitalists. When I hear Jet fans say, hey, you're biased against us, or hey, you guys, the NFL doesn't like us, or the media always is biased against us. Like, when we talk about the Jets sucking, that's not bias. That's the news. Like, that's, that's all it is. It's just, we're just reporting. It's the just news. a fact. Yes. Right. You suck. So it, it fascinates me that fan bases that are butthurt, like the Jets, that haven't won anything, you can talk in generalities about things that you think are wrong with the NFL. And if their name happens to be mentioned because the certain guy might get drafted in their position, instantly you've offended them, right? And you must be biased against them. The whole conversation and this whole trolling thing started because I was talking about the draft in generality, g- generalities of the draft and drafting quarterbacks and how second and third round guys get elevated in the top 10 because everybody's so desperate to get a quarterback. And everybody looks like if we take one in the top five or top six, everybody feels like now we've got our unicorn. Like now we've got our Patrick Mahomes. And my, my point to most people, and not just Jets fans, to most people, is that there are four or five guys in the league, Stu guys, that actually cover warts. Every other quarterback exposes warts. That, and, and that's the truth. Like, if you have deficiencies on your team and you draft the guy in the top five and he isn't a unicorn, he just exposes your team. And so, ultimately, like, even going back to Patrick Mahomes, if you look at how Andy Reid constructed that team, they were solid on offense. They had two of the best offensive tackles in football. They had the best one of, if not the best tight end in football. They had the fastest guy in football in Cheetah. They had other guys, like offensively, they were dialed in. And he sat behind Alex Smith, who was this phenomenal mentor to him, to teach him how to play the game. And oh, by the way, with Alex Smith, they were winning 12 games a year and going to the playoffs. But people looked like, well, look at what Mahomes did. Got him a world champion. They were, they were a damn good football team. I'm not saying Mahomes isn't great because he is. But what I'm saying is if you construct a roster to take some pressure off that guy, the odds are he'll play better. Like the one thing I say all the time, and I said this on a broadcast, I go, like, put yourself in this position. If you put a guy in a position to fail, don't act surprised when he fails. You put him in that position. 
And so, you know, I was just talking in generalities. And, of course, Jet fan got really offended because Zach Wilson's name happened to be in that generality that I'm talking about. And the next thing you know, I hate the Jets. And so, you know, I had to put uh, who's your daddy spanking on a few Jets fans. That's all. Did you have to put the 97 ring on your middle finger, though? I mean, did you yeah. have to do that? You did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, well, I, mean, I have three. You know, right. I have three, and I have three fingers that they fit on. So Something I just, had to go in the it middle. Just, it just worked out that way, you know? Stink, I want to tell you a quick story. Mikey, I know you have something, but just quickly. Sure. Uh, 97, halftime, Jets are up. Ten. I'm a Jet fan as well, so you have two Jet right. fans here. Uh, Jets are up 10 nothing at half, as you know. You played in the fucking game, okay? Uh-huh. And I taught, so I'm watching with all my friends who are also Jet fans, of course. And this is the closest we've ever felt like we've been to a Super Bowl because it was, right? And so I said, right when they went to half, I said, guys, don't say the words. Don't think about it. Don't do anything. Let's just enjoy the second half. Now, unbeknownst to me, one of my friends left the apartment. Mark, this is back in 97. You know this. You had to use a yeah. payphone back then, okay? So one of my friends, unbeknownst to us, left the apartment, told us he was going to get some alcohol, some beers, a couple of bottles, whatever. Um, and he came back with the alcohol, so we sold it very well, okay? But he was gone for a very long time. Many years later, he revealed to us that he left that apartment to go pick up and use a payphone to call a ticket broker to buy a couple of tickets for the Jets Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> He's no longer my friend. <laughs> right. Well, that, so, that, so instead of Jets fans, instead of being mad at me, be mad at Stu Dots Buddy because he's the one that cost you guys the championship. That's exactly right. <laughs> don't, be, don't be angry with me. Right. No. Uh, his name's Brian Tomio. Jet fans, I'll leash on him. Mikey, I go <laughs> <laughs> no, you talk about you talk about Patrick Mahomes and how he went into that system, and I've been screaming it. I I told Stu this the same thing. I think you got to build the team first. So here's a question and a debate I've been having with a lot of Jet fans: How many games do the Jets win this year if Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback instead of Sam Darnold? Well, you know, I mean, obviously, I think you're gonna. I think you put on um, probably. Is he worth four wins? Maybe. I mean, how many? How many wins? So six. Yeah, right. So six, eight, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's certainly. You know, we get into the, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, not, you know, not the fact that he's got forty-seven masseuses. Um, that's a problem. Like that is an issue. But that notwithstanding, Deshaun Watson, who everybody will tell you, anybody who follows this game or anybody who analyzes this game will tell you Deshaun Watson's a freaking, like, that guy can spin it. Like, he really understands the game. They still won four games. So, I, I like, you have to have a roster. I'll, I'll take you guys in the playoffs last year. You watched all the playoff games. Show me the team that physically dominated the line of scrimmage. I'll show you a team, I'll show you the team that won every one of those games. Now, the quarterback, obviously, you've got to have a DC. It's an important position. You've got to have a good quarterback. But ultimately, you got to support those guys. And if you don't support those guys, the odds of those guys saving your franchise, it, it's very limited. It just doesn't happen. And, and you guys saw the stat rolling around. Um, from 2009 to 2016, there were 22 quarterbacks taken in the first round. <laughs> All 22 are with either out of league or with different teams. There have been, in the last, I think, a dozen years or so, there have been five quarterbacks that have been moved up for to take in the top five picks. Um, none of them finished or, or with their team. I mean, 
I just think we have we have gotten to a point in the NFL where we have such a desire for that position, and, and the league has just morphed into that. We have such a desire for that position to lead us that what we've forgotten is that it takes 53. It takes a, a, a roster. It takes good football players to support that guy for the most part. And because all I, I think as, as just fans in general – it's easy to see athleticism. It's easy to see talent. It's hard to see all the things that 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 make it work. And and I think we just don't understand the game well enough as fans to understand that that just one guy doesn't usually elevate your team to championship level. So me and Dan say all the time, we have no earthly idea what we're watching every Sunday because we don't. And we're not we're not watching offensive line play. We're not watching stunts. Right. We're not supposed to know what we're what we're supposed to be watching for. Here's I agree with everything you just said, Mark. Here's what sets that conversation back. The Buccaneers, four or five years, dreadful, not making the playoffs, not winning the division. One guy leaves New England comes to that franchise, and they go on to win a Super Bowl. But I think what you're saying is, hey, what you're forgetting is that team had a really solid base around the quarterback before Tom Brady even got there. Yeah, well, I think the, I think the interesting thing about that, and I've been doing games now for Fox for four years, and I've done a bunch of Tampa games, and that roster is so damn good. When you think about you've got – you know, three guys inside on the offensive line that are really good players, they get worse, who becomes, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber player at the right uh, tackle position. Um, Donovan Smith is a good player. They get Gronkowski. They already have a couple of other tight ends um, that are good players. O.J. Howard, although he got hurt, a good tight end. So they've got other guys that are and really Cameron good. Cameron yeah. Yeah, Brait is a, is a really good player. Mike Evans is a great player on the outside. Chris Godwin Forget about him just being a really good receiver. That dude's a great football player. They go out and get uh, Antonio Brown. Um, you know, Scotty Miller can flat run. And that's just on the offensive side, right? Now you look at the defensive side, and Dominican Sue can still play. Vita Vea has become a, a, a stalwart. Uh, you know, JPP is an incredible story. You think about JPP. He broke his neck a year a year and a half ago in May and, and missed six games and came back and f- played the final 10 games. I mean, it's amazing what he's been able to do. Um, and then you look at the two linebackers. Levante David's incredible. Uh, Devin White, he's just flying all over the place. Their whole secondary is littered with first and second round players that are damn good players in this aggressive style. So, you know, you, you had a quarterback that threw 30 touchdowns, threw for 5,000 yards, but turned it over 30 times. Th- no, 39 times. He threw 30 interceptions, but he turned it over nine times on fumbles. You're like, you look at, and they still almost went eight and eight. You go, hey, man, if all you do is take that 39 turnovers and turn it down to about 15 to 17, you're going to go 10 and six, 11 and five, and have a chance to win that division. And that's exactly what happened. Um, So they had this great team, great supporting cast. And by the way, I think they've got all 22 starters coming back. I mean, it's amazing what Jason Light, the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what Bruce Arians been able to do. Um, they're a phenomenal football team, a lot of fun to watch. Oh, my gosh. Folks, 
Gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So all that being said, Stu is too chicken to ask the question, so I will. Did Elway win you two Super Bowls, or did you win Elway two Super Bowls? This is a How debate. Many, this is, a, this is a, a debate we were having right before you came on the air. We didn't know who was going to ask the question. I have no right. balls. Mike does. That's essentially what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you: What was Elway's record in Super Bowls before I got? There? I told you, Mike. I told you how he would respond. I right. told you. Oh and three. Yeah. Oh and three. Yeah. Hey, yeah. listen again. You have to look at. You have to look at the history. Elway in Super Bowl 32 against Green Bay Packers had the worst quarterback rating in the history of the Super Bowl for the guy who won the Super Bowl at that point. He was, I mean, he it was, a, it was not a good game, but it wasn't our game plan. So I would say that Elway unselfishly played the role that he was asked to play for us to win the Super Bowl. So um, you look at, Again, this comes back to the whole you know, chicken or egg type of thing. Is it the team? We had a great group up front. We had two of the best blocking receivers, but two of the best receivers in football. We had Shannon Sharp, you know, Rod Smith, Eddie McCaffrey. We understood what we were. We had an identity. We knew how we were going to win, and we had Terrell Davis, who won the Super Bowl MVP. The following year in 98 – that season, you got to understand that John Elway missed four starts, but he missed almost six total games because he had a bad hamstring that he pulled. And Bubby Brister came in, and he steered that ship 6-0 and during that time. And people just tend to forget that. So, again, my thing is John is one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever played the game. There is no question about that. John wasn't the same at the end that he was in the beginning when he's dragging teams to the Super Bowl, but John had a much better overall, overall organization around him. And, and again, that just goes back to my whole football philosophy. Dominate the line of scrimmage, control the line of scrimmage, take some pressure, let that guy make big plays. You know, John once told me, hey, man, your guys' job is first and second down. My job is to convert on third. That's what that's what I'm here for. And and so ultimately, I think you have to look at football in its totality and and the complementary nature of what we have to do as an offensive defense and special teams to be able to have a good football team. Would Elway uh, respond the same way? Would Elway say he won you too? Elway, <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Elway knew exactly. I mean, Elway, <laughs> I they this. had Mike Shanahan and Elway had a meeting Um where Mike was like, hey, listen, man, you're not going to be in Super Bowl 32. You're not going to be a Super Bowl MVP. And I was like, I don't give a shit. I just want to win. Like, I just want to win. Like, the game plan that we're going to put together, right. the, the way to attack the Green Bay Packers, 
is like one of the things we did, and, and this will get a little bit too deep into the woods, but but we got into base personnel and we ran um, a, we ran 18, 19 handoff out of slot. So what that means is so if we got into a strong right slot, so then we ran like 18 handoff strong. And what the Green Bay Packers consistently did, I had this conversation with Brett Favre. It was a great conversation. Um, and I'll tell you exactly what he said. What they always did to that is their outside linebacker, guy by the name of Brian Williams, would kick out in what I would call a hip look, meaning he gets extended. Where he normally would line up, he moves outside of that by two by two yards because he becomes essentially he exchanges the responsibility with the free safety or the safety on that side, right? And he becomes the safety, and now the safety comes in and becomes run support. And so whenever we would get that formation, they did it 100% of the time, and we would turn over the weak side linebacker to our slot receiver, who was Eddie McCaffrey, and then we would scoop up to the backside safety, and, and that was Leroy Butler, and we would crush him. And what ended up happening is it was on film, it was 100% of the time. So we lined up on that and we absolutely gutted them because every other team was chasing the Will linebacker and Leroy Butler was just having tackling practice in everybody's backfield. And, and we, I mean, we literally gutted them on that one play. And we ran it over and over and over again from different formations, different motions, everything you could imagine. But it was the same damn play, one after the other. It was 18 handoff, 19 handoff, 18 handoff, 19 handoff. And we're gutting the Green Bay Packers. And so Brett Favre, I'm telling him the story, and he goes, he looked at me, he goes, did we ever adjust? I was like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) You never did. That's why we kept running it, Brett. (laughs) Right. But that is is the, the art, if you will, of game planning. And that's where Mike Shannon said, hey, John, this is how we're going to win this game. We'll set up a couple of play actions off of this, but this is how we're going to win this game. And um, and we adhered to that. It worked. It was exactly the way Mike Shanahan in meetings said it was going to happen. A hundred percent. This is what's what we're going to do. This is what we're going to line up. This is what they're going to do to adjust to it. And this is why we're going to crush them. And great, like to me, great offensive coordinators and guys who call plays. There are play callers. And then there are callers of offense. And some guys just call plays. And they'll have great games because all the plays will line up the way they thought they were going to work. And some guys call an offense. And the guys who call an offense are brilliant, right? They're calling one play because they know four plays from now, they're going to run the adjunct to that play and they're going to get them on an explosive for 25-plus yards because of the way they called that and the way they lined up to it and the way they tried to defend it. Those guys are calling plays four or five plays ahead, and, and there are only a handful of those guys that are really good at what they do. Other guys just call plays. Who's the best you've ever seen at that, Mark? Kyle Shanahan's phenomenal because Kyle, and I've had players on his roster tell me, like he will tell you in a meeting, He's like, okay, this is what we're going to call. This is why we're going to call it. This is the buy-in that I need from you. And here's what's going to happen. We're going to call this run. And this run isn't worth a shit. But we're going to call it six times. And you know what we're going to average on this run? Two yards of carry. 
But guess what? Tight end, if you sell out for me, I'm going to get you a 25-plus yard explosive, maybe for a TD. And Z receiver, if you do it, I'm going to get you a 25-yard explosive and maybe a TD. And X receiver, if you do it and, and you sell out in that run that gets us two yards, I'm going to get you an explosive. And, and as sure as I'm sitting here talking to you, it unfolds exactly that way in the game. And everybody knows if we buy into this crappy play that we're going to run six times, every one of us is going to get to eat and we're going to win this game. And, it, and Mike was the same way. Mike would tell us on Thursday – we're going to get them with this, like this touchdown right here. If you go back to Super Bowl 33 against the Atlanta Falcons, we run this, we run this uh, pass 18 handoff. Um, and on the sideline, they've got Mike Shanahan mic'd up and we call the play and they, they line up and Mike on the sideline goes, Oh, we got him touchdown. Uh, we got him. That's so cool. Like before we snap the ball. And I've seen Kyle do it a million times. And I talked to Kyle about it before I called the San Francisco game. He goes, you know how many times, like Kyle is the last person, look at this, Kyle is the last person in NFL history to hold the cord of the head coach in a Super Bowl. Because after that Super Bowl, Super Bowl 33, they went to cordless head, headsets. So he's the last cord holder in a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan is. And he goes, you know how many times I've seen my dad go, oh, we got him, touchdown. <laughs> And then it happens, and Kyle does the same shit. It's got to drive people crazy, Love right? Yeah. But yeah. It, what it, drives me crazy is he's it, not my coach. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I'm in Denver, and we interviewed him. He's not my coach either, three coaches later. So, yeah, I'm just as nuts as you. See, Stu, that's the problem is we hired Adam Gase, who was thinking four and five years ahead as opposed <laughs> yeah. to four and five plays ahead. Right. Mark. That's- one of the best parts about doing the job that I get to do is I get to meet so many former athletes who have been there. And I remember going into meeting you thinking in the huddle, it was serious. You walked up to the huddle and it was, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. And everybody's serious face. And then I meet your goofy ass. Can you tell some of the, some of the games you guys used to play in the huddle? Because it just, it always made me laugh that we think it's so serious and you guys are just having the time of your life. (laughs) Right. So, so I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you two things. One happened today, and it brought back it brought back this great memory. I am a I am a child of the '80s, man. Um, and when I was in college, uh, '80s alternative was big. So the Smiths, the Smithereens, the Cure, you know, English Beat, you name it. That's that is still that's all I listen to. I listen to that's the '80s alternative stuff, right? And so I'm driving and I'm driving into work this morning five o'clock in the morning and the song pop music comes on by M <laughs> and I, you know, it's a one hit wonder. Talk about pop music. Talk. I want to dedicate it. <laughs> London, Paris, Munich. Everybody talk about pop music. Talk about. So there is a stick. I want a, you to perform an entire 80s concert. Next time you come on this fucking podcast. I, I that was, it. I, that I, was I, magical. Man. It. Okay. So you're working, you're working a, a combination block on a tight zone play on the front side. So let's say this is my center and this is my left guard, right? And um, they've got a tilt nose guard in there. That's a really hard reach block on like a 15 handoff for the center. That's a hard block for the center. And if you want to call pop, was what we call this a full block, right? So the guard can come off and hit that 
one technique, that that nose guard, and the center can drop step around and go for the middle linebacker. And that's a technique. It's a full block technique. We used to call it pop when I was in Denver. And we would do stuff in like practice and in games where I have literally been sitting on the line of scrimmage and we're running 15 handoff weak or 15 handoff strong. And Tom Nalen goes, shooby dooby doo up. <laughs> and I know instantly, I know instantly he's talking about he wants to he wants to full block this. He wants to run pop. So I get, he goes, shooby dooby doo up. And I go, I want to dedicate it, right? <laughs> In a game, and we know we're full blocking something, right? We don't ever say the word pop or fold because everybody knows what fold is. Everybody, anybody who plays defense that, well, I shouldn't say anybody because a lot of defensive players are really dumb. But let's let's just uh, most guys would know if we said fold, they'd know exactly what was coming, and the nose guard would play into me, right, and make it hard. But nobody knows what Shumi Dubu do on. So I tell you the game that I love those two guys. I still play it with my kids all the time. Okay. Um, I, it started playing it in Washington. We would play it during TV timeouts in the hub. And it's the, so it's the O'Reilly game. So the O'Reilly game is I would say something intentionally wrong that you would know is incorrect in hopes to get you to correct me. And then as soon as you correct me, I get right in your face and go, oh, really? <laughs> so for instance, we could be in a, we could be in a, a TV timeout and we're sitting there and the music is playing in the background, right? And we're listening to the music. And it's let's say it's ACDC back in black, they're playing, right? The whole audience is, you know, everybody you can hear it, you're just standing there waiting for the comeback from commercial break, right? And ACDC black back in black is playing. And I would lean over to Tommy Nalen or to Tony Jones or to Gary Zimmerman, and I'd be like, dude. When I was in high school, we used to get jazzed up before wrestling meets to this. This is my favorite Nazareth song. <laughs> they look at me and go, Nazareth? This is ACDC. And I go, oh, really? <laughs> and so we would, we would constantly play, oh, really? We would play the karate chop game all the time, like where you just look and go, what the? And, and get, get the guy to turn his neck and ah. And then you chop him in the neck. And so even my kids and I still play. My kids are in their 30s now. My youngest is 28. And if I do that, every one of my kids will cover their neck before they throw their neck because they know they're going to get chopped. And so it's a it's a constant game that goes on 24-7. And it. you always got to be on your toes. Always. So good. All right, we're, uh, we're going to play a quick game. You've been gracious with your time. We want to get you out of here. Uh, a quick game that we like to call stink or swim, okay? Okay. St stink or swim. Mike thinks you're going to say stink to every single one of these. Is that right, Mike? Uh, all the disgusting ones, yes. Okay. Peeing in the shower, stink or swim? Oh, stink. <laughs> Dude, you know, honestly, let me interrupt your game for a second. Please. I used to do this all the time in college. Uh, not very often in the pros, but the golden shower shower. Right. So one of the things you would always do in the shower, um, you know, and, and three or four other guys would be in on it. You would walk up to another player who was taking a shower and you get to the point where it's almost uncomfortable. But you're like, hey, man, what happened on that 15 handoff in the game? Da, 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 da. We like 
what happened on that? And then they'll get into like, oh my God, I had this one technique, da 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 da. And while they're explaining it, you're pissing on their leg, right? <laughs> you're like, oh, What's really? the matter with you guys? Yeah, and then everybody, <laughs> then, then everybody is in on it. Everybody's snickering, and you're just, I mean, you're just a full ladder release over this dude's leg. Is he's really serious about explaining something that you don't give a shit about, right? <laughs> That's called the golden shower shower. Oh, my God. But you never did that to Elway. Like, I imagine Elway in the shower with a red jersey on. Like, yeah, no, no, did not, did not do that, <laughs> Mark Slareth with us. A quick game here of stink or swim. How about peeing in the pool? Stink or swim? Oh, stink. Uh, obviously. Uh, Drew Locke is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Stink or swim? Uh, I stink. Right now he is because you don't have an option. <laughs> Do you think he's a good? Hey, somebody asked me. Somebody asked me like, uh, like, answer the question, uh, like, or something to the effect of, uh, what do you think, lock or uh, a trade for Teddy Bridgewater? Like what? Like the answer, lock or Bridgewater? I go. What's the question? How do we be mediocre? Right? Like, how are we gonna be eight and eight? Like, is that the question? Because uh, we can go either way and be eight and eight. But anyhow, yeah, no, I, I, he is now, but he's not. Like, he's got a lot of work to do. Okay, uh, you listen. That was that was masterful. The way you avoided answering that question, you yeah. knew what I was asking you. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, two of the quarter. How about swim? Okay, two of the thank you. Two of the quarterbacks in this NFL draft will have Hall of Fame careers. Stink or swim? Um, swim. Really? See, he just said Zach Wilson's not going to be a Hall of Famer uh, because he's going to the Jets. He said. That's what he said. <laughs> right. Get him, well, Jets okay. fans. Get him. <laughs> hey, there's the reason Jacksonville has drafted in the top ten. I think uh, in the last ten years, I think they have seven or eight top ten picks. Right. Like I, I don't know about I don't know about that guy either. Like. Jacksonville is where you go when you want your career to die. Like, so you're, you're 100% yeah, right. we'll see. Yeah, you're 100% right. In fact, when my career's over, that's the plan. Me and Baselli <laughs> doing afternoon drives in Jacksonville when I'm done doing all of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Hey, is this thing on? <laughs> all right, Von Miller will retire as a lifelong Bronco. Stinkers win. Uh, I'm going to say swim. Okay. This is. This is this is it. This is his last year here. Really? I'm surprised wow. he's here this year. I'm okay. surprised he is here this year. Okay. Why are you surprised? Because I thought they would – I knew – I just knew in my heart he was going to take a pay cut, and I thought they would ask him to take a pay cut, which they did. Yeah. And um, he said no, and I thought they would release him. And okay. they decided they decided to, to pay uh, this last year of his contract. But I think this is it. All right, a couple more get you out of here. Eating food off the floor, stink or swim? Oh, stink. Yeah, that's what I Shit, I'll walk, I'll, walk down, I'll walk down a hallway in a hotel and see a roll that maybe is, hasn't been eaten. I'll grab it off one of the room service trays that's on the floor. Come on, Mark. Oh, yeah. Like a golden like, shower like shower. You travel all day and you're hungry and you're like, oh, they're not going to eat that? Well, like, I'll take it to my room. Yeah, right, absolutely. Right. I mean, do you limit it to just bread? What if there's a couple of fries dangling there? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, usually it's like a, if there's a fruit cup that really hasn't been eaten or made, you know, something like that. Yeah, okay. I'll get okay. on that. Like, grace. All right, two more. You're done. The Chiefs will win at least two more Super Bowls in the next ten years. Stink or swim? 
God swim. I hope not. Um, you know, the white hot intensity of a thousand suns. I, I don't want to have to live here with the Chiefs winning two more Super Bowls. Um, in 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. It's a long time, man. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Probably stink. They probably will, which right. this is painful to even admit. Uh, stink or swim? The Jets will ever. Will they ever win a Super Bowl? <laughs> Um, not in our lifetime, but I, you know, I mean, there's always a, there's always. Does a my son have a chance? Yes, oh, your son has a chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, eating Rocky Mountain oysters, stink or swim? That's a swim. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've never I've never done it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Would on. I eat a Rocky Mountain? I would if I sat down and we had them. Like I wouldn't order them, but if it was like, hey, you got to eat one, would I do it? Yeah, of course I would. All right, last one. Uh, farting under the cover, stink or swim? Oh, that's a stink. I mean, you could, and, and, and Dutch oven and myself? Like, everybody likes their own flavor. Everybody likes their own flavor, yeah. I mean, I'm always, I'm always, I always, I gotta, I gotta test it out, see what I, see if it's true. There's no fucking better way to end it. You're tired. You've now done five hours of radio. Get the hell out of here, my friend. All right, guys. Be good. Holy shit, Mike Stink was good. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, Mikey, let me just tell you this. He, I, I'm serious. You asked the question. It's a great job out of you. Did you win Elway two Super Bowls, and did he win you two Super Bowls? But at least give me the credit for telling you exactly how you, Stink would have responded to that question. You, I didn't even consider it that way. I, I just thought he'd be like, "Oh no, we ran the ball. I won the Super Bowls." But you, you had it pinpointed. He's going to say, "No, he lost before I got there, and he won when I got there." Yeah. So many people don't know Elway was zero three in Super Bowls before Stink got there. <laughs> Elway was 0-3 before Stink got there, and then Stink got there, and he won him two, and he just held up one of them on his middle finger to the entire Jet fan base. Stupidity! Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.